Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. I am so excited to see you today. How many of you got an extra hour sleep last night? Went to bed early, got that extra hour of sleep. <laughs> well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we, we started a series of messages that we entitled, You're in the Way. You're in the way. And uh, oftentimes when uh, someone would say you're in the way, they kind of say it in a negative connotation. You know, you're in the way. Uh, but in the way that we're using it in this series, it's a good thing. You know, in the book of Acts, at the very beginning, the early Christians were known as people who were in the way, right? And so we're using it in a great connotation. And in the, the, uh, the first message that we preached, we talked about the way of the willing, the way of the willing, and how that God oftentimes works through people who will at least say, I'm willing. And the reason that some of us don't go where we want to go or we, we aren't accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish is because we've never crossed that threshold of being willing to be used by God. We, we've never crossed the threshold of being willing to work on our marriages. Hello, come on. We've never been willing to raise our children in a way that, that would be God-honoring. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about having a willing heart, a, a willing spirit that says, yes, God, whatever you say, I'm willing to do that. Isaiah 1.18, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. So we talked about the way of the willing. If you didn't hear that, you can go on to our website, victorychurchgf.com, and you can click on that, and, and you can listen to it, and I think it would be a real blessing to you. And today I want to talk to you about the way of the wanting. The way of the wanting. Have you ever wanted something? I mean, I mean really, really wanted something. No, I'm not talking about a Dairy Queen blizzard sensation. That's not, that's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a craving so strong that nothing would stop you from obtaining it. I'm talking about a thirst, a hunger, a desire. It's like when I met Pam. I said to myself, self, that right there is spectacular. And I's got to make that girl my wife. And I chased her for four and a half years before she finally decided to say yes and become my wife. Of course, you know that storyline makes for a good Hallmark movie, but it's not exactly the way it was, right? Uh, but the question remains, have you ever wanted something so badly that you wouldn't stop you would stop at nothing to get it. I mean, really wanted something. Have you ever been so thirsty that you desperately needed a drink of something to quench your thirst? Have you ever been so hungry that you would eat something you wouldn't have considered eating before because you were starving? And you see, that one may be really hard for those of us who are Americans, it's, it's hard for us to imagine being so hungry 
that you would actually be willing to eat something that you normally wouldn't because of your hunger. But there are people around the world, and yes, even in Great Falls, that this is a daily occurrence. I've been captivated lately by a scripture that's found in the book of Psalm. It's Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at it together. It says, For the director of music, a masculine of the sons of Korah, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul thirsts for God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? I'm thirsty for God. My, my soul, as a deer, pants for the water brook. So my soul thirsts for you, O oh God. You know, this scripture is particularly meaningful to me because I learned this scripture as a young boy. Back... Um, Back then, we were King James believers. Got any King James believers in the house today? A lot of you don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. You see, the King James Version or translation of the Bible was the standard that most Christians used back in the 60s and early 70s. And then in 1973, a revolutionary translation known as the NIV or the New International Version sprang onto the scene with much concern from traditional King Jamesers. And we, we were King Jamesers, and it was like Paul used the King James. That's a joke. So if it was good for Paul, it's good for us, right? But even since that time, there's been a host of new translations that have been birthed, each one with their strengths and weaknesses, but the intention is to help us to understand the scriptures in a better and more meaningful way. But back to my childhood, I memorized Psalm 42.1 from the King James Version of the Bible. See if you can understand why this was so meaningful to me. As the heart... As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Now, how many of you have ever found your last name in the Bible? Come on, somebody. Right? I mean, you got to be a special person if your last name's in the Bible. Heart refers to the deer. But as the heart pants for you, so my soul pants after you. Well, a couple of weeks ago... The Holy Spirit brought this scripture back to my remembrance during a time of worship. I was standing in the back of the sanctuary and observing the people during this particular service. There were several people with their hands raised, but what struck me most was the apparent lack of passion that so many had as we worshiped God. There seemed to be a lack of desire, a lack of hunger, a lack of wanting. See, there's something powerful about wanting. Wanting will drive you. Wanting will empower you to take action. See, King David of the Old Testament was such a man of want. And many of his psalms that he wrote were, were of his passionate pursuit of God. One of them is found in the book of Psalm chapter 63, verses 1 through 8. 
I want to read this to you. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because of your love that is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, and with singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. Now there's a guy with some passion, some want. And his want is driving him. His wanting is keeping him awake at night. So here's a key life principle. If you're taking notes today, you want to write this down. Listen very carefully. The strength of your want determines the strength of your pursuit. And the strength of your pursuit determines the possession of your want. See, you you should have written that down. Because ladies and gentlemen, that is a life principle. The strength of your want determines the strength of your pursuit. And the strength of your pursuit determines the possession of your want. You see, the simple fact is, so oftentimes we say we really want something, but in actuality, the strength of the want is not strong enough to motivate your pursuit. So I'm not talking about just a passing thing. Oh, man, I really would like to have that. I'm talking about something that, that on the inside of you is just it's compelling you. It's driving you. It, it, it is a passion. It is a desire so strong that it launches you into another realm that you desire to obtain that which you want because you want it so desperately. We don't possess the motivation to pursue So we don't often possess what we say we want. So the question today is, what do you really want? Hmm. What do you really want? Here's the problem for many. They have never determined what they really want. Have you ever stopped and said, what do I really want? Want. See, I liken want unto vision. It's a clear picture of what it is you really desire in life. What is your vision? What is the picture that you're holding out there of your desires? That which you really, really want. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, we know this scripture. It says, where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds 
wisdom's instruction. The Hebrew word for revelation is the word chazon, C-H-A-Z-O-N, meaning sight or a mental picture, a vision of. If you don't have a clear picture in your heart and your mind of what you really, really want, you will cast off restraint. In other words, you will live an unrestrained life drifting. And that's where most people live their life. They're just drifting aimlessly because there's no vision that is motivating. There's no vision that is restraining them. There is no vision that is is motivating them to move in any particular destination. And so they're just kind of floating, hoping that we will arrive, hoping that we'll get there. And how many know hope's not going to get you there? It takes vision of where you want to go. So again, what do you really want? Because until you clarify it, it will never drive you to obtain it. Let me ask you a couple questions. What do you really want in your relationship with God? What do you really want? See, a lot of people have never stopped to clarify what do I really want in my relationship with God. And because you've never really clarified what you really want, you just kind of drift and hope that someday you'll arrive and show up at the place where you want to. And most of the time, You do show up there, but it's not what you really want because you never clarified what you really want. And so life, this is just as good as it gets because this is all I've dared to believe God for. This is all I've dared to dream my life could be. Where do you want your marriage to go? Have you ever stopped to clarify what you want your marriage to look like? What's the picture? What do you really want in your relationship with your spouse? Because most people have never stopped long enough to clarify what they really want. And so they drift. Well, this is as good as it gets, I guess. Because you've never clarified your want, and so there's nothing to motivate you. There's nothing to restrain you. There's nothing to drive you towards something that could be better than what you have. Amen. Amen. What do you really want for your kids? Now I'm saying, what do you really want? Because most parents have never stopped long enough to think, what's the most valuable thing I want my kids to accomplish in their life? And so there's nothing to restrain them. There's nothing to motivate them to anything. We just drift. And we hope that our kids will turn out. It's awfully quiet in here. What do you really want for your finances? 
Can we just can we just talk where you really live? What do you really want for your finances? Have you ever stopped to think about where do we want to be financially? Because until you clarify it, until you come to a place where this is what I want more than anything else, you'll have nothing to motivate you, nothing to clarify your decisions, and you will just float, you'll just drift in life and wonder why you can never get ahead. Wonder why there always seems to be more month than there is money. Don't shout me down just because I'm preaching the truth today. Where do you want your health to be? Can I mess with you just a little bit today? You know, the Bible says we buffet our body, not buffet our bodies. But if you've never stopped to clarify where you want to be with your health, you will drift. You'll have nothing to motivate your decisions on what you put in your body. And I'm preaching to the choir today. I'm talking to myself, right? I know I look like a physical specimen of perfection, but <laughs> quit laughing, Sarah. That was rude. Right? But we don't, we don't clarify it. We don't, we don't have a clear picture. And so anything then becomes all right. Because we've never clarified. We've not, not got a clear vision. We've never decided this is what I want more than anything else. So uh, in the time that I have left, let me just give you three things that you and I need to do with this truth. All right? You ready? You ready to take some notes? All right, number one, here we go. Identify your wants. No, identify your wants. Take the time to identify what you really want. Not a passing idea, not just a thought. I'm talking about what do you really, really want. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, in the first part of Habakkuk 2, it says... Um, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Have you ever taken the time to write out what you really want? What do you really want in your relationship with God? Now, here's, here's, the, here's the important thing. Is what you want in congruence with what God wants? Because it's not just what you want, it's what does God want for you. So I've got to sit down, I've got to say, okay, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want for my marriage? What do you want for my kids? So that my wants and God's wants are congruent. So have you ever sat down and wrote out? Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. I've written a list of seven things that are my wants. And I read them and I pray over them every day. Because they are more than just a past. These are what I want. I want to know God more intimately. I want to love him more deeply. 
and I want to serve him more faithfully. I want that. I pray into that every day. I want to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might wash her by water through the word, that he might present him, her to himself as a spotless bride without any wrinkle, blemish, or any other thing. See, that's, that's my job. It's my job to present her to myself as a spotless bride. No one else can do that. I've got to do that. And I wash her with the water of the word. That's how Christ loves us. He washes us with the water of the word. I want my kids to fulfill God's purpose for their life. Yes, I still pray for my kids. And as long as they're under my roof, I'm going to keep praying. I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> um, right? No, but I pray for them. I don't want to leave it to chance. Pam, Pam said a couple weeks ago, the boy that you see standing up here was not, I, we, we, he's the boy we prayed for, but he was not the boy that we saw. Every day I pray for wisdom to lead Victory Church to fulfill its mission of changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. I need wisdom every day to help you. I pray for a move of God in our church and in our city. A move that is so substantial that it changes lives and that we see signs and miracles and wonders. I pray into that every day. I want to see a move of God in our city Amen. and in our church. Amen. I'm praying for a financial miracle to pay off the debt we have on this building so we can begin to build phase two. I believe our future is wrapped up in the next phase. This is not where we're camping. So you better get ready because it ain't over. We're not going to grow happy and just content here when there's a whole city that needs Jesus. And I'm not going to pay on this thing for 20 years and wait 20 years to start phase two. No, I want to get this thing paid off. We need a miracle to pay off this debt so we can get moving on the next phase. And I pray every day that God would help me manage my life personally in a way that would honor and glorify him. Amen. I want nothing in my life to ever bring shame on the name of Christ. And I want to fulfill his plan and purpose for my life. Amen. I want to finish strong. All right. All right. Amen? Amen? So you got to write it down. You got to write it down. You got to, and, and then after you've written it down, right, and that's your assignment. I'm giving you an assignment. You need to take time to identify what you really want and write it down. Number two, you must keep it before your eyes. Keep it before your eyes. We must constantly keep our wants before us to keep us from drifting. That's why I pray over it every day. I want it always to be before my eyes so it is a constant motivation. It keeps me 
restrained. It keeps me moving in the direction God has for me. Habakkuk 2 and 2, the second part of that, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. That he may run who reads You need to be reading what you really want all the time. Because it will help you to run in the right direction. Run so that you can read it. And the third thing, here we are. A delay of what you want is not a denial of what you want. <laughs> Listen very carefully. Some people will bail on their dreams and visions if they encounter circumstances that are contrary to them. Don't give up on your wants. If your wants are God's wants, then don't give up. Don't quit living for your wants. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Come on, hold on. Keep believing. Let that vision, let that want continue to drive you, continue to motivate you. Don't ever give up on it. Recently, our team of 14 individuals who had been planning on a missions trip to Haiti for nine months had the rug pulled out from under our, our, our feet four days before we left. <laughs> we were all set. We were packed. We were, we were ready to go. And they said, no, we're, we're canceling this trip. And yes, there was disappointment. Yes, there were naturally questions. But the word that the Lord gave me for our team was delay was not a denial. And so I want to say to all my Haiti partners, don't give up on your dream. Don't close the door to your want. Let the dream continue to inspire you and to drive you. And I would say the same thing to the rest of you. Maybe your relationship with God is not where you want it to be. Don't give up on your dream. Maybe you just need to clarify more clearly what it is you want your relationship with God to be. Don't give up. Continue to press in. Continue to desire and want more of what God has for you. Maybe your marriage today isn't where you want it to be. Don't give up on your want. Come on, re-clarify. Keep it in front of you. Begin to let the, the, the want, the dream for what God wants for your marriage begin to drive your decisions to help your marriage move in the direction God wants it to move. Maybe your kids today aren't where you want them to be. Don't give up on your want. 22 years, we prayed for that kid. And he wasn't going anyway in the direction we thought he was going. But suddenly, God shifted things. God began to move in his heart. Today, he's the young man that 
we had prayed for all those years. Don't ever give up on your want. Don't give up on your dream. Don't, don't call it quits just because it, it doesn't look the way you think it should. If you're single here today, and your desire someday is to be married, you need to have a very clear picture of what you want for a spouse. And it needs to be what God wants. You need to take the time to clarify, what does God want for me and a spouse? Because if you don't clarify it, you'll settle for anything. And just because it breathes does not mean it's God. And I see so many Christian young people settling and sacrificing what God really wants for their life because they are unwilling to clarify what God really wants and they're unwilling to stand until God brings to their life what they really want. Don't sacrifice it. It's not worth giving up what God really wants for what you think you want. Well, let's move right along. <clears throat> All right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stir up your wants. Stir them up. How do you do that? Write your wants down. Take the time. Don't be, don't be, uh, don't be rash. Think through it. Go to the word of God. Say, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want in my relationship with you? And begin to clarify. That's what I want. I want to know him more intimately. I want to love him more deeply. I want to serve him more faithfully. That's how I've clarified my want in my relationship with God. Keep them before your eyes. I encourage you to make a prayer list out of them and begin to pray over them every day, letting them become the, the strength. And then let her see, never give up. Never give up. Come on, let your wants drive you. Let them become the motivation for your actions. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that is the way of the wanting. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.